Hello and welcome back to the fact. Do we? Sorry, I'll start that again. I'll start, I'll start now. Hello and welcome back to the Fortified Coaching Podcast. This week with me, Joe, you, Joe, <laughs> and me, Steve. Yeah. See, when the, when we when we lose the natural order of things and the sequence, it just gets messed up. Yeah. So, just the two of us this week. No, Nina. It's so hard to uh, to add lip. Yeah, just the boys. Yeah, yeah. What have you been up to? How are you doing? Um, I'm good actually. I've been, I've been working on, you know, I've been working towards trying to lose a little bit of, of body fat, a little bit of weight. I've been, so I've been working hard towards that. I've got my own little targets I'm trying to do and achieve daily. Um, and I'm finding that you know these targets that when I look at them. The week ahead, I think, wow, these I'm really going to struggle to hit these. I'm not going to have time. But then, I just you know, you you just you find you find time, you find solutions, mm. or, you, or you can, and that well, I, I, and that's what I have been doing, and it's been breaking them down into kind of smaller, more achievable things to do throughout the day. Yeah. So to put it in context, like I might have a target of doing twenty thousand steps, but I, I won't have a gap big enough in the day to do twenty thousand steps because that will take a big chunk of my day. But I've got like three or four occasions when I've got 40 minutes spare where I just need 10 minutes to eat and I've got 30 minutes to go for a walk around the block. And that's helped. Right. What I've found as a consequence though, you know, you'd think doing so much exercise and activities and all that sort of thing, you get tired, but I'm finding that I've got a lot more energy because I'm active. I'm right. finding that I'm like being a lot more productive. I've got a lot more energy for clients and things. So yeah, it's going pretty well. What about yourself? Um, so, yeah, I'm still kind of getting used to working from a gym again. Um, so my day's broken up from, like, um, doing school runs, going down to the gym to, to see clients, going down to the gym to take some classes, and then coming back and, and doing some online stuff, taking care of my online clients and and reaching out and, and creating content. Um yeah. So, I mean, I posted about that the other day. It's not all kind of sitting in the gym and, and waiting for things to happen. It, it's quite a busy time. I'm trying to get to, to grips with that. Um, and I, I will. But it's been like a hard, quite tired today. Um, and I wasn't really feeling it this morning when I, when I was going to train. But, I, you know, how when you don't want to train, usually you, when you start, you feel fine. And I did. I felt, I felt a lot better again now like but i managed to get through it yeah feel better for it yeah well just i mean it's good that i've trained i still feel tired um but you know from, you do feel a bit tired don't you um yeah. and yeah i guess it's all, it's been a lot of work 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 lately mm. uh, you just on this topic you spoke and i don't know i think it was in I don't know whether whether it was a live Q and A we did or the the last podcast or something about it might have been the last podcast about having a dial that you can turn up and down. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. a bit like that. Like today, maybe you weren't quite feeling it. You didn't really want to train, but you also appreciate you don't have to give a hundred percent, but you also don't have to give zero percent. So you could still go to the gym. You could give it like a forty or a fifty or a sixty, still get some benefit from it rather than doing nothing because you don't really feel like it today. 
yeah, hundred percent. My my intention was to kind of almost go through the motions. So like if I if ever if ever I feel like I don't want to train, I'll just accept that it might not be a great session and, and as if I'm gonna go through the motions, but invariably once I start, I do a lot better. Yeah. And it and it still and still ends up a, a really good session. But you can kind of trick your mind into thinking that it's going to be okay. You're not going to try that hard. But you yeah. know how it is when, when you start, your ego kind of takes control, doesn't it? And, it <laughs> just, and the energy from moving about just always makes you feel better. Yeah, it does. It does. Anything else going on? Not really. Can't think, mate, no. Can't you know think. There's like a big TV void since kind of like um, the Winter Soldier left. Course, we, had, yeah. we had like one division and that was great. And then straight away we had Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then there's like this big gap of nothing. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was actually going to mention that. Like I'm missing my, my Marvel fix. I'm not sure what to do. And, yeah. Uh, the next one's not till about a month away, is it? Yeah. Yeah. They'll come around quick, but yeah. Big yeah. gap. Big gap. Okay, so podcast today then. I believe we've got some questions from clients and people on social media that we're going to talk about. We see do, if we give them any advice. Anything you want to start us off with? Yeah, cool. So um, Lisa, yeah, I think it was Lisa, asked us about um, what to do about maintenance like and stopping yo-yo dieting. Yeah, maintaining weight loss. So when you've got to the target weight loss, how to maintain it and how to prevent yo-yo dieting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, you know, from my perspective on it, and this is just thinking straight off the top of my head, I think there's a few, there's a few different ways to do it. Is it, you know, there is kind of, I guess when we, when we maintain, we, we also want to be a little bit more relaxed with ourselves, maybe not as, strict with our diet maybe not as strict with our you know the things that we might have avoided before like certain social events and stuff like that or our choices so i guess for me i often look at it as maybe creating yourself a little window that you can have of kind of what your weight can be um you know and if you say right i'm now 140 pounds so my little weight weight uh, weight window can be 138 to 144 and if you find yourself creeping up to that 144, you maybe take a couple of weeks to bring it back down a little bit. If you find that you're actually dropping still, you can be a little bit more relaxed when you want to be. Um, and that that's one thing to do amongst others. There's the, obviously the more, depends how far you want to go into it. There's the more kind of calorie controlled approach of how you can change things. There's the the alterations you can do to your training, because I guess when you're trying to lose weight, you've probably got to be a little bit more active when you just maintaining it. You can take your, not your foot off the gas, but you probably don't have to do quite as much. So I guess it's about finding the right approach for you when it comes to maintaining and what maintaining looks like for you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's kind of a, a skill, isn't it, to practice? And um, I think I, I was talking to someone earlier about it. And what most people do is they diet uh, or they don't diet. And I think we've we've mentioned this quite a few times on the podcast. 
podcast now. So people either diet or don't diet. And when they diet, they are more aware of what they're eating. They kind of taking control of what they're eating. And then when they get to where they want or near where they want or, or stop dieting for whatever reason, they then are off a diet and they are completely unaware of what they're eating and they choose to eat things that they wouldn't have eaten necessarily before the diet. Um, the maintenance phase is obviously, or maintenance should be, like ideally once you've, once you've lost the weight you want to lose, maintenance would be like your long-term goal. And like you say, that, that there should be fluctuations. You're always going to have times when you gain and, and go down and go up again. Um, lockdown's been one of them things for many people. Um, and it, it, it's pretty normal to, to go up and down, but I think people who diet have that fear of gaining weight and that makes things worse. Um, in the sense that people see their weight creep up and they start to feel bad about themselves, but sometimes they'll eat more because of that. Yeah, and it is scary for people, I guess, when they do, they've spent a long time losing weight. And then when when we enter into, you know, trying to just maintain it, we obviously, from from our perspective, we would probably give that person a little bit more food or a little bit less exercise or a combination of, of them both. And what always happens or often happens with that is you do see a little little spike in weight gain on the scales. But we have to, this is where the understanding and the work with the client comes becomes more vital is getting them to appreciate that it isn't fat gain this little spike it's because they're eating slightly more so they're yeah. holding on to more food volume they're holding on to more glycogen more stored energy more water retention all of these things but what you normally find out from experience is that that initial one to two pound of gain in the first week levels out shouldn't really change it might drop down by a pound or two some weeks might go back up a pound some weeks but it should more or less level out and stay roughly the same yeah yeah i mean approach wise there's the obvious one of you can track calories for a bit in, in maintenance so figure out your maintenance calories and, and track them for a while and, and see if you sort of stay stable and then you'll learn kind of how much food you, you can eat um and then there's more like I guess you could create yourself some sort of meal structure. So you like, you know, when you were dieting, you were eating three meals a day and one snack. So you could add something to that. Um, depending on how fast you were losing it, you might kind of think, right, well, probably 500 calories more will be maintenance. And you can experiment by adding a little bit more every week, maybe until you hit that maintenance phase for a couple of weeks and then you know roughly what your meal structures are and even within that if you have a heavy weekend once in a while it's not going to make much difference um any like any other strategies you can think of no i think you've hit the nail on the head with them there really and i think very true you know people will have a heavy weekend let's say they've they've, they've started to try and maintain their weight loss three weeks down the line they go out for a night out lots of drinks maybe a takeaway or maybe a nice meal out. Way on the Monday, oh, crap, three pounds heavier. Time to diet again. And they'll straight away go, need to get this three pound off because I'm going backwards. I'm going back to where I was. And that's that's the thing that they need, that we and they need to work on a lot is realizing that that is just a little skill jump that will come back off within a few days. Um, 
and not to just enter straight back into that dying phase or else you're not, you know, you're just going to go round and round in circles for eternity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so on to the next, like the next part of that question was about how to stop yo-yo dieting. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, ideally you would just be able to stick to maintenance, but I guess there's a reason why people yo-yo diet and we kind of covered it. Um, in the sense that people either diet or don't diet. So by virtue of practicing maintenance, you're not going to yo-yo diet. But I guess we could cover some of the main reasons we feel people might yo-yo diet as in go up and down so much. Any yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, so I think the, the first one is that one, which we just kind of mentioned a moment ago, is where someone's lost some weight, happy with the weight they've lost, then they have the night out or then they start eating a little bit more. See the weight creep up by relatively an insignificant amount, three pounds. They think, shit, I need to get back to dieting. That's one of them. So they'll then they'll lose that three pounds again or whatever. Do it again. Want to lose it. Do it again. Want to lose it. And it's kind of, a, it is just a never ending cycle really because yeah. they're still missing that piece of the puzzle that, you know, that lets them know that that's normal. That's all right. That will come back off without dieting. Just when you get back on track with your, you eat with regular eating. Um, other reasons for yo-yo dieting, I guess, could be body image as well. Mm. How someone sees themselves and perhaps what they value as well. You know, I don't know, Steve. I don't know. Do you have anything else on it? My, my main, my main thinking is going towards kind of the over restrictive um, dieting. Mm. So, I think that. And we know that there's, a, we know, um, being evidence-based, there's a place for low-calorie diets um, to get people to a certain point, um, but it's not for everyone. And generally, when we see yo-yo dieting, it's because people will restrict massively, cut out food groups, probably low-carb, stuff like that, um, or low-fat, or like ridiculously low calories, or, or like shakes, and then go on holiday gain a stone and then they're working to lose that again and they restrict and then they go away again and then they gain a stone again and it's just that that never-ending cycle a bit more kind of like um quite big swings in weight yeah um, and like you say body image can come into that massively so somebody i say that somebody who feels like they're they're overweight really unhappy with themselves will kind of do these extreme diets and still feel unhappy with themselves, even to the, even when they lose the weight that they wanted to lose, still feel unhappy with their body image. Um, and then ultimately they'll give up and, and go back the other way until they reach a certain threshold and want to lose again. You know, that, yeah. that's a pattern that I've been in um, before. Uh, and it's, it's quite prevalent to be fair because people don't get this this maintenance side of things. Um, yeah, like, can't think of much else to, to say on, on yo-yo diets, but I would say, and it's not all about doing slow and steady because I used to kind of try to get all my clients to go slow and steady from the very offset. And the, the problem is that um, I heard it put quite a good way You've got to act you've got to be activated so if somebody wants to lose a stone and they're losing half a pound a week they're 
you know, they're going to get pretty disheartened and give up quite quickly, a lot of people. Yeah. Especially those who don't understand that long-term, they might be better off that way. But somebody who wants to see a £2, £3, £4 drop in, in a week, if they don't get that, they can be easily demotivated. And there's no reason why they can't start that way and then kind of taper off a bit to more sustainable habits. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think um, if your goal is so big, you've got three stone to lose, for instance, losing a half a pound a week, even a pound a week, it makes that end goal where you want to be seem like it's so far away. Yeah. And I also think that if your goal is to lose a pound a week, or sorry, if your goal is to lose three stone and you're losing a pound a week, you will have those weeks where you don't lose on the scales because of water retention, stress, yeah. whatever. And that itself make, just seems to push it back further. So there are so many things. If, you're, if your deficit is so small and what we call sustainable, that that one night out a week will probably undo that deficit for the week. Whereas sometimes if the deficit is really big, you also give yourself a little bit of leeway to maybe be a little bit more flexible on a weekend sort of thing or see that big weight loss. And like you said, have that as a, a motivational driver to stick to something. Because a lot of people who have a lot of weight to lose, they, they probably don't believe that they can lose weight either. But seeing yeah. maybe week one, five pounds, week two, four pounds or three pounds and going, oh, actually, this works. To get the buy-in, the trust into the process so that you can then start to educate them and tell them right now what we're going to do. We're going to give you more food, slow it down a little bit, because if you carry on at this rate, it will probably get hard to stick to because you're going to get hungrier and hungrier. But yeah. now you've seen that it can work. Now you've trust the process. Maybe we can reduce the deficit, give you a little bit more food, slow it down to what we'd say or what we class as a more sustainable approach. Yeah. And by that point, hopefully, they, they've got the trust there and they're a little bit more bored into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, funnily enough, um, one of my clients recently had a diet break um, and through his choice, he's been on slightly lower calories than I would have suggested, quite a deficit, probably 30% deficit a while he's lost loads of weight he's done really really well this time after this diet break he's hit his initial goal but wants to lose a bit more so i was like let's slow it down a little bit um or i think we should slow it down a bit what do you think because that's how i roll yeah <laughs> i don't dictate when i coach um so he said okay yeah let's let's try that because he's not in a, a hurry anymore he's not he's just got a little bit more or to lose and he's lost, he's got to the target that he initially set anyway, so he's, he's cool with that. So we've set a slightly, like a higher calorie target, but he lost, he ended up losing, um, almost lost a, a lot more than he has lost for a few weeks before the diet break. Yeah. Um, and that's not this thing about eating more and losing more. It's probably just easier to stick to. That, yeah. That's, that the, that's the main thing. Exactly. Diet, diet adherence is the main thing. And like diet, someone will adhere or stick to their diet through a different approach to someone else. So someone will find it easier to stick to if they have that small deficit where they're, they're eating more food, but still in a deficit because that's easier for them. They're not as hungry. Someone else will find it easier to adhere to their diet if they have a big deficit and they see weight loss happen faster. So that's why coaching is so important. And you can't just give everybody 
like one approach because what works for you, Steve, might not work for me or wouldn't work for Nina or Karen down the street or whoever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, cool. I think we've covered the um, maintenance and yo-yo dieting, yeah? Yeah, I think that leads kind of into one of my questions that I got, which was, so this person wanted to come away from tracking a little bit. They've, they've been dieting. Um, they've achieved what they want to do, but they don't really want a calorie count anymore. Yeah. Um, and there are, if you start us off, I think there are probably a few approaches we can have with someone who doesn't want to track. And I think it can be probably quite daunting if you've, if you tracked calories for quite a while to now say, right, let's go cold Turkey would be pretty daunting, wouldn't it? Like, let's just yeah. stop. Tracking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And for some people, going from tracking to not tracking signals to them kind of now I can eat everything because I'm not, I'm not tracking. I'm not restricting myself. Um, and that can happen. It doesn't happen to everyone there. I just, it's just important to, to recognize that. So for some people, um, they can go cold, cold Turkey because they're they know the structure. They just follow the structure that they followed. They have like lunch, breakfast and dinner and so many snacks, like I mentioned in the maintenance thing. They know how much to eat. They know how many meals. And probably if they kind of keep, keep them fairly similar, then they'll be fine. Um, for other people, it might be a, it's a bit of a transition. Um, and I've mentioned a few times and done a few posts about the continuum of tracking. Uh, so off the top of my head, like if you track seven days a week, you could try not tracking one day a week for a bit, um, and then prove to yourself that you can that you can do it, that nothing bad happens. I think that's that's a great phrase, actually. Something that um, I think I learned, I thought heard off, and I'm, I'm sure other people say it. But uh, Tom, the uh, BTN Academy uh, tutor, kind of says this a lot: just proving that some nothing bad will happen. Yeah, is a is a great way of working with, with clients because that's generally what they think. They worry that if they don't track or they eat X food, that something bad will happen. They have a free meal. Yeah, that that's something, or they have a weekend away that they're going to gain loads away. Yeah, but proving to themselves that nothing bad happens is a great way of going. Yeah, exactly. Or they have days where they aren't as active, or a day where they don't go to the gym. Yeah, any yeah. any any of those sort of things. So yeah, you're right. do ten thousand steps. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, not tracking for a day, and then you could subtract a day, kind of every month or so. That's one way of doing it. Um, scaling back the style of tracking from using my fitness pal. So some people, and I never, I don't do this with any clients, I guess, because their goals don't warrant it. But I don't. I do. If I do track, it's calories in the main uh, and some for most people calories and protein because we want them to have the sufficient protein still if they're an absolute beginner it would just be calories some people will go all the way and do macros and that works for them um, but that person could then stop tracking macros and just track calories and protein they could then just track calories um, then they might just write down what they've eaten they might just take photos of what they've eaten. I mean, the simplest form of tracking is just to say, I had porridge for breakfast. And we know there's all sorts of stuff that goes in there. If they just write porridge, they, they've got the, the, the kind of food choice written down. 
for lunch they could say I had chicken and rice <laughs> or yeah. a sandwich for tea, you know, lasagna, spaghetti bolognese, fish fingers, whatever. Um, but they still got a visual and they're still aware of what they're eating and they're not they're not grazing all day, picking up leftovers and eating cheese as they're serving dinner. So that's a lot less kind of involved at tracking, but it's still kind of keeping that level of awareness. So it's kind of regressing and moving back. And then eventually you should be able to just kind of not do it at all. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm on a roll. Another, another way is to be more, um, I get intuitive eating. Everyone's talking about that these days, but um, it's semi-intuitive. Just make sure that every time you eat, you do it in certain sort of um, circumstances or conditions, i.e. You're, you're at a table, it's on a plate, served on a plate, uh, and you're eating slowly and mindfully and, you take, and you're aware of what you're eating. Habits like that go a long way. Yeah, I agree. Um, similar to the 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 not tracking for a day approach and adding them in again, another alternative, which is very similar is like most people will, let's say they'll have the same breakfast or the same lunch every day. So it could just be not tracking one meal. Maybe it's your evening meal because that's the one you want to make like from scratch as a family meal. Um, and it's probably still going to be healthy anyway, because typically a lot of the time the evening meal quite, tends to be a home cooked healthy style meal. So it could just be not tracking one meal a day and starting from there. Um, it could be the approach of, right, you know how many calories, mentally, you know how many calories you need to eat. Let's say it's 2,000 calories a day. You've tracked for so long now that you know what a breakfast of 400 calories looks like, or you know, you know, if you pick something up, you know that my breakfast needs to be about 400 calories. My yeah. lunch needs to be about 500 calories, and my evening meal needs to be 600. That's going to leave me 400 calories for snacks. Like these are processes, although I'm saying calories, it doesn't necessarily involve putting it into an app on your phone or writing it on pen and paper. You've, mm -hmm. put, you've built up these skills over time that you can look at things and think, right, that's roughly the size my lunch needs to be. There's roughly going to be these calories, or if I'm picking something up in a shop, right, that ready meal, that, you know, that quick and easy meal is. 500 calories that works for me for for lunch so you can do it that way too yeah um and even even slightly less effort you could just say i know that this this meal is um kind of it's not high calories it's it's a, a standard meal um and but i know this is a high cut this pizza is going to be a high calorie so have those less often if, if that's you know if that meets your goal yeah um, so less effort um, one I quite like actually is putting your, um, can't remember where I saw it, but putting your calorie amount that you like, let's say your calorie target's 2000, putting that in a calculator and then subtracting, like, so your breakfast 500 minus 500, and then keep the, the running total yeah. um, until you get to zero. It's um, obviously it's not as accurate as tracking, but the whole point is to move away from that. Yeah. Yeah some good ideas there um yeah did well yeah cool um next one that i've got is so this person keeps comparing themselves to others and i think it's multifaceted it's 
they're comparing their weight. So they're in they're they're from our fortified eight group. And they they're losing weight and they're doing really, really well. But they probably don't have as much weight to lose as other people. So they're comparing their progress to someone else's there who might have a lot of weight to lose. They're also comparing their activity level. So like this this person who reached out isn't doing as many steps as a lot of other people in the group. They're maybe not getting to the gym or doing a homework out as often as other people in the group. And and this week that's that's affected them a little bit. You know, it's it's affected their mindset, it's affected how well they perceive themselves to be doing. Um so yeah, I think we can talk about that a little bit. Any tips for that one? Sorry, Joe, can you hear me? Yeah, can now. Sorry, I lost you there for a bit. Um, so it's just about comparison. Yeah, yeah. Comparison of weight loss or progress, comparison of like activity levels and how many times other people are getting to the gym. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I don't know if we are socially conditioned to compare or whether it's like an innate thing. Um I'd have to read up on that, but um, we do we do do it. Um, it's a it's a tough one. I mean, it's easy to sit here and say don't compare, but you know we always we always do. I guess starting off with the awareness of what it does and knowing why why it's not the best thing to do helps. Um, awareness always helps. That's the first step in kind of change for most people so thinking of it that way might help um i think one of the best things i've done lately actually is unfollow um because my because of who i've worked with, where I've worked in the past my instagram and facebook was full of fitness fitness people um and a lot of people in that arena their photos are of them their profile pics are of them in their best condition of the year with their tops off. And they don't necessarily look like that all the time, but I couldn't help compare myself to that. So I ended up unfollowing them. Yeah. Um, it gets quite unhealthy, doesn't it? Sorry? It gets quite unhealthy. Look at it it. It, it. it can do because on Instagram, there are, you know, there are, we're talking about a, a tiny percentage of the, the population but if your if your main kind of um, the main people you follow, I like that. It looks like it's normal. Yeah, the reality so is, probably, you know, we're talking about probably less than a percent. The the Instagram is absolutely flooded with people who are ripped, people who have muscles everywhere or have no body fat. But it's like it's it's less than a percent of the whole population of the world like these people yeah. these people are the freaks really these these are the genetic freaks the people whose life is dedicated to this you know these these aren't the people who you will meet on the street these aren't even the people you will meet in the gym no no um so yeah like there's a, they they have a few advantages that genetic advantages they might take stuff they might be assisted um 
oh right like their, their top priority is to look that way so they they spend all the time they don't they don't necessarily have jobs and families and stuff like that some of them do don't get me wrong i know it's possible um but they do have probably a few advantages over others yes they work hard so don't come at me with all that oh, i work hard great but what we're trying to do is help people realize that it's not necessarily the norm to look like that all the time yeah um, and not to forget lighting so like the, their photos is, is lighting that if they if they were in different lighting they wouldn't look as threaded yeah and these these people will take photos where they don't look exactly like they do on the photo that you're seeing but they don't post those ones they post mm. the ones that they want you to see, which is what we all do. You know, we, we pick our best photo out of the five or 10 or 100 we've took. And that's what yeah. you're seeing. Like I've got, a, I spoke to a client a couple of weeks ago about this and she's in really, really good shape, fantastic shape. Like if anyone else was to see her, they'd think, wow, I want to look like her. But mm. she's doing this. She's on Instagram. She's sending me pictures of these people saying, I want to look like this. Why don't I look like this? Yeah. Like, you already look, you already are in that 1% of people who look a certain way, yeah. but you can't, it's, you know, you can't, you can't tell someone not to compare yourself to someone else because for whatever reason we do it anyway. And yeah, I mean, and they don't look like that photo most of the time. No, no they don't, no. Um, so, but I mean, in the context of, I guess this is, this is about our, our coaching group though, right? The, the fortified eight and people, comparing with other members in that group so it's yeah a little bit different i just wanted to point out that you know how comparison works and we all do it um you know i've been a, a pt for a long time and i'll compare myself to other pts and don't necessarily feel good about um my own body shape and, and stuff like that but i have been very very overweight so i'm not somebody who's always been lean and built muscle um like like some pts who've very low body fat I've come from kind of the opposite direction so it's kind of it's different so I have learned not to not to concern myself with that too much um but you know as, as far as steps go and as far as meals go I don't want to sound kind of twee but just try and be a little bit better than you already like you were yesterday yeah, um, and, 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 and they are they are completely doing that. And this is this is one of those things, and this is one of the dangers of comparing yourself to others. And I think this person gets that anyway. I think she understands that she has to catch herself comparing herself, um, because this person has took herself from doing less than a thousand steps a day prior to starting the program up to seven thousand. That is that's huge. Some of the people who are do, who are now yeah. doing ten thousand in the group were doing eight thousand before, so. Comparatively speaking, like she's made loads more progress in that respect, but she still feels like she's letting herself down because she's not getting that elusive 10,000 steps a day. Yeah, I mean, I guess to, to kind of conclude that, it, it is looking at your own life. Like, you've got to start where you are right now. You know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to start running, you wouldn't aim to be um, Mo Farah straight away. If you wanted to drive a car, you wouldn't like aim to be Lewis Hamilton straight away. You got to, you know, you've got to start where you're at. Yeah, yeah. If you go to, if you go to a boxing gym, you wouldn't 
want to be Tyson Fury or you shouldn't want to be Tyson Fury or who else straight away. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to get in the ring with one of those guys on your first day of boxing, would you? <laughs> no, no thanks. Uh, no. Cool. Cool. I think we smashed that one. We did, we did. Um, on Fortified 8, I don't know if even this is the right place to say, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it anyway, because that's what I'm going to do. Uh, we had some, I've been doing, we've all been doing some of the coaching calls with some of the clients this week, helping them out where they've been struggling and getting their feedback so we can make improvements and better help people. And we got some really nice feedback from one of the women um, this week and said how, how, how much kind of like a, it was a breath of fresh air our group was compared to others that she's done in the past. How... Yeah. She feels like everyone's there to support her. Like, and people can have bad days, if you like, or blips, and they and they're not getting shouted at. Mm-hmm. And she told me about one of her past experiences. She was in another group where they, it wasn't as interactive as I was. The 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 coach wasn't in their post in, in the way we do and help them. But the, I said, so what sort of post did you get? And it would be like a midweek post saying, How's everyone's diet going? Hope you're all smashing it. Um, if you're not smashing it, you're going to get fat. No one wants to be the fatty in the group. And like this person was in that group and it just, how demotivated it made her after that, you know? Wow. Such a, such a bad approach. But that's that's what people do. Like that's what some people will do to motivate people. But that approach might work for one in 10, but it fails the other nine. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, there are, I mean, there's people who, are motivated by the carrot but that's I mean it's hard to explain why they're motivated by that and how they would respond to another another approach um a more kind of coaching style um but yeah like there are like I said there's there's one percent who just want to be pointed in that direction and shouted at and then then off they go yeah it's like when you get a new client and they're just like i just want to be i want to be told what to do and i want to be shouted at in the gym i just want you to shout at me do you really want me to shout at you in the gym that's not what i'm gonna do that's that's why i wouldn't do that i don't like that no no Uh, not a drill instructor no no um Cool. I had I did have one more question. I don't we'll make it brief. It was about how to hit I guess it falls into place with that last one actually, because it was how to hit my steps target. So how to get your steps up. And I think I'm just gonna share my experiences because it is anecdotal, but I feel like when you set out to achieve a big target at the start of the day and you try and do everything all at once, like get ten thousand steps in one go, it's a big chunk of your day. But saying, right, I've got a 15-minute gap here. I'm going to walk around the block. Or mm-hmm. I've got 20 minutes here. I'm going to rush around, do some housework, and keep busy, keep active. Doing that three or four times a day, you hit 10,000 steps or any arbitrary number without it being without it being a chore. Because I, yeah. I know, from, well, for me personally, from experience, if I had to do all of my steps in one big block, it just feels like an endless chore. You're walking around, checking your, fo- checking your watch to see how many steps you've done, I've only done 3,000. Crap. Still got another seven to go. Bored already. Yeah. <laughs> now, little and often definitely uh, definitely helps. Yeah. I think that's the, the most simple approach. Like with, with any goal, just breaking it down to uh, smaller steps. Smaller steps. There we go. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, we did have one more that came through the. Uh, the group about self-sabotage um, oh yeah 
you, should we touch on that or do you want to do yeah, that next time? Well, no, we, it's up to you. What do you think? Yeah, we'll, we'll cover it. I mean, I'm by no means a, a psychology expert, so um, yeah, maybe one day we'll, we'll get a, a psychologist on as a, as a guest. Um, we should start bringing guests on maybe, but um, if anyone knows of somebody who, who could be good for the podcast you'd like to listen to, then let us know. Um, but yeah, self-sabotage, do you... Have you ever have you ever done it yourself? Do you think? I, I am. Um, I used to. Feel, sorry. That's all right. I used to feel like I, I did self sabotage a lot, like with not just with food and things like that, but like with life. Like when things were going well, maybe I would try and mess them up. And I, I mm. don't know if I actually did do that, but it certainly felt like that at the time. Um, and you know, I'm. <laughs> I'm not an expert or, or know enough about it to to figure out whether that's what I was doing or not, or whether there was something else happening there. Yeah. But I guess for me, and I don't know from speaking from other people too, I, I sometimes wonder if it just comes from a place of happiness. Like the two two things, maybe fear of fear of achieving that goal and what it might mean, mm. can cause you to self sabotage. But yeah. also, I think for me, maybe it was a a part of happiness as well. Maybe I wasn't quite happy. Um, so I was purposely trying to mess things up because maybe I felt like I didn't deserve that on some level. I don't know. They're just my experiences. Yeah. 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 From like, from my limited kind of knowledge on it, I think a lot of it comes from fear of, fear of failing. No, not fear of failing. Sorry. Yeah, so let's say you set a goal of um, anything. You set a goal of something, but you don't quite believe you can do it. So you 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 sabotage yourself, and then you can like say, "Well, I, I didn't really try," you know. So like it's a, a way of not trying to do something. Yeah. Um, so you can intentionally kind of get in the way of yourself, and then you can kind of just comfort yourself and say, "Well, I didn't." I didn't really want to do it. I didn't really try. Um, but that can come, I think, from past failures, past experiences. Um, probably a lot of it comes from, from childhood as well, from kind of what I've, what I've seen in the past as well. Um, so, and that would go to the, 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 like, you feel like you don't deserve something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, a bit of a tricky one, I've got to say. Um, but I think in terms of, in our context of health and fitness and, and, and weight loss, I guess it comes from if you self-sabotage, then you cut, you're not, you don't fail as such because you kind of pull the trigger. If that makes sense, you kind of, you're the one who, who, you took control basically. So if you feel like you can't do something, it's a way of taking control, self-sabotaging. Yeah, that makes makes perfect sense. So, but uh, yeah. but like I say, you know, don't take our our word for that. We there's more to um, to delve into there for sure. Awesome. Maybe that's a bigger topic that we can look into a little bit more for another one because it probably is quite a meaty topic to talk about. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, the, the, that question just came in today. I can certainly do some research and, and try and pad that out a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Okie dokie. Um, 
that more or less wraps us up, I think, Steve, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's it, mate. That's it. I'm going to eat some uh, some yummy lamb right now. Oh, I haven't had lamb in a long... You know, I think I put myself off it. I was eating lamb very regularly. And then I just kind of... The thought of lamb just weirds me out now. Because I, I don't know. No idea why. It just does. Can't explain it. Haven't had a few times. I've oh. got... I've got... To, what have I got tonight? Um, oh, I'm having chicken pasta. Um, and I'm having... I'm actually having a starter tonight. I thought I'm going to treat myself to a starter, but it's just a soup. Soup and a bit of bread. And then chicken pasta, and then probably something snacky for dessert. Nice. What kind of soup? I bought three. I bought three. I went for low calorie options, like um, 100 calorie ish, 120 calorie ish. There was a carrot and coriander, a tomato, yeah. and something else. And then I think there was possibly a, a pea and ham or something like that, something similar. So we'll see what tickles pea me. And Awesome. I right. can't admit, but um, can it, I, ooh, I like the old school tins of tins of soup, like the pea. See, I'm a I'm a cream of tomato sauce nice. guy. My right then. Terrible. Sorry, Jeff. No, I yeah. didn't. I didn't know whether I'd lost you there or whether you just stopped talking. So I was trying to wait and figure it out. <laughs> right then, that wraps us up then for today. Do you think, Steve? Yeah, I'm. I'm all out. I'm all done. All done. Right. Thank you for tuning in and listening, guys. Any suggestions on podcast topics that you'd like us to talk about, so you don't just have to hear me and Steve ramble on about other stuff like why there's no Marvel coming out and all of the rest of it, then feel free to get in touch through our social media channels. Um, or probably through the website too. And yeah, you'll find all those links within the podcast. And yeah, we look forward to you tuning in again. Thanks, guys. Perfect. Cheers. Bye. Thanks. Bye.